Hey guys, it's Mom Taraj, the podcast about being a mom that thinks that most mom stuff is super boring. So we created our own posse. I'm Ashley. And I'm Carrie. And we are ready to walk you down the red carpet of motherhood. Hi, everybody. Hello. It's like 80 degrees. I'm so over this heat. I need fall. I am not a summer girl. Bah humbug. Guys, we've got a great show. We are talking parents in the workplace. Is it fair that childless folks take up the slack for the breeders? We're going to talk about it. Then we're talking the party mom. Me. Just kidding. We're talking about the Sophie Turner, Joe Jonas divorce. I got thoughts. I got lots of thoughts. And as always, we have our hashtag swag bag. But up next, take it away, kiddo. The tits and the sits. You guys are going to hate this. My nose job. No, school, the second. Oh, yeah. This semester is way harder. I think part of it is I'm out of the 101 courses. I also am the only person who didn't just graduate from undergrad. Everyone's like in the mode of APA writing format. You're also not good at APA or grammar to begin with. No. And they're all like, oh, and it's a good And I'm like, yeah, but you haven't been in the world or the classroom. I know how it really works. You don't have an actual child and know what they need. You sound fancy, but then when you're put in the room, you freeze. <laughs> I don't sound fancy, but when I'm put in the room, I excel. It's just hard. It's a lot. It's not general stuff. It's tech technical stuff and it's not theater based because I'm also getting my generalized education degree. So it's stuff that only briefly pertains to theater. I really care about a lot of it, but I have to force myself to care a little bit more about the stuff that's just general and not my specific subject area. So that's my shits is just, it's real hard in a different way. Before it was time hard, but the content wasn't hard. This, the content is actually tricky. My tit is that I feel like I'm finally getting in like a style stride. I feel that way too. About you or about me? No, about me. But I agree with you. This is my theory because I've been trying to analyze this. I feel like I'm back in the groove of things when I get dressed. But I think it's because it's fall. We're probably doing fall shopping. I know I really am. We've had a couple of years out of COVID now at this point where we've returned to life and running errands and jobs and all this other stuff. We're back in getting dressed mode. That's my theory. I have to show up as a teacher now. So I am putting thought into my wardrobe, which I haven't. I was a fitness teacher before that. The only time I really put thought into my wardrobe was auditioning. But it's sort of weird as an actor because I was dressing to play the kind of characters I play. I only had money to buy one kind of clothes. So I either had casual clothes or clothes that my type of character would play. I didn't really have any money to just buy stuff that I thought I liked for style that wasn't really an option. And then I was investing in fitness clothes because that's what I was teaching. So I think I'm just finally now in a phase where one, I'm old enough to not really care if it's trendy. I'll go for a trendy thing, but I don't need to be 100% on trend. I'm just going to wear what I know I like and looks good. And I'm able to invest. I have more of a vision of investing in more expensive pieces and less cheap things. I just feel like there's something about me that's owning, not just purchasing, but owning in my person. I'm a person who's always going to like this kind of thing. So I'm just going to rock it. I don't care what you think. I had to rent the runway the other day for that cocktail slash black tie event. And I chose differently. I was like, this is where I'm at. This is what I want to wear. I don't care what everyone else is going to wear. This is what I want to wear. And that was a moment. I sent my picture to a couple of my friends and my friends that I care about that I also like their style were like, oh, 
I really like that. But I felt like my closest friends saw what I was thinking, which is this is a new space for me. I'm picking things in a different way. It makes me feel kind of excited about putting clothes on my body. You know, this was the beauty of a show like What Not to Wear. Leave it to me to bring it back to a television show, nonetheless reality show somehow. Stacey London, my goddess. Presenting yourself in a certain way sets the whole tone, not just for other people, for yourself, for your day, for productivity, all of these different things. Those kind of social events usually would have me anxiety ridden. And I'm not going to say that the next day I didn't feel fatigued from having to be so out in the world and social, but showing up in an outfit that was well-made and looked fancy and was comfortable, covered enough of my body to not make me feel self-conscious. I felt so much less social anxiety going into that dressed the way that I was. Kind of like an armor in the best way. That's what clothes should feel like. I know. And I was just like, wow, I have never really felt this way. That's my tits. My shits, I think they're going to be shits for you. Okay. I don't know if you've heard about this because I feel like you would have sent it to me or said something, but people are calling Drew Barrymore a scab. I sent it to you. I said, this looks bad for her. Oh, I didn't see it. For those of you who don't know, the Writers Guild of America is still on strike. SAG is still on strike. You're allowed to do different things with these strikes, so don't make assumptions on something you don't know about. However, Drew Barrymore says that she sees her show as, I forget the exact term she used, but it was like a fun news show. And so she wants to keep doing the show without writers, which is in violation of the WGA. So people are calling her a scab and they're going to protest, I guess, this week. I also just think it's super poor timing because that expose about Jimmy Fallon just came out and she's also very closely tied to Jimmy Fallon. I know. It's a one-two PR punch. I think people are being a little too crazy about this. Actors can't go on her show. This is the thing. If they're not promoting something, if Adam Sandler just goes on to shoot the shit, that should be fine. I don't know. What's the contract to be on the show? They're saying any actors who appear on the show show and anybody who sits in the audience would be a scab also. That's what I'm thinking. I think that any actor that shows up, even if they're not talking about the show, because the contract that you'd sign to get paid to do the show is a contract. There's a lot of ins and outs to all of this stuff. I personally think the interim agreements where they're allowing certain people to promote things, I was feeling very negatively about that. Taylor Swift, who I really could go the rest of my life not hearing about her. I can't fucking stand her at this point. There goes our listenership Ashley. All those Swifties listening to mom shit. But she's doing her Eras Tour film and she wrote a whole letter or approached SAG and said like, I want to do this properly. Kudos to her. I actually think that's amazing. It's a slippery slope, like you said, making these allowances. A24 has committed to all of SAG and WGA's terms. But like, why doesn't Drew just do that? Now, I don't know the intricacies, but I think because Drew films in the CBS headquarters, that it is therefore owned by Paramount, CBS Paramount, and they are not playing nicely. Got it. So that's my shits because I don't actually have any shits. I've always liked Drew Barrymore, but your love for Drew Barrymore has really strengthened my love for Drew Barrymore. When you're with somebody who sings the praises of somebody and points out these beautiful qualities somebody has, I'm like, wow, she really is awesome. And we've heard from Joey Cola. We've heard from a zillion and one people. And she loves Adam Sandler, and so do you. And Jimmy Fallon. I know that's going to get me frowned upon. I know you hate Jimmy Fallon. He's been very very nice to me. I loved him on Saturday Night Live and I like his show, but I've had some run-ins with him. Every run-in I've had with him has been lovely. There was one night I was loaded with Matt and some other friends and I went to the bathroom and Matt's like, Jimmy Fallon just came 
Ryan, and he is loaded. I was like, we should hang out. I think it depends on which side of the loaded Jimmy Fallon you see him. I think his loaded was very different than my loaded. The end of the night versus the beginning of the night for him. They're very different Jimmys. Agreed. Anyway, so my tits are, this was my first weekend home in over a month. And I wallowed in my shit, man. Saturday, I just stayed in bed all day. I had a full-blown lazy day. I was drinking cocktails in bed while I watched Real Housewives of New York season six. And then yesterday, Carrie dropped by to drop some shit off. I was cleaning because I was like, this week is crazy. Let me get everything in order. And you know when you've been wallowing in your own shit for the weekend and your armpits and vagina just stink? Yes. Your butt kind of smells like duty. Sometimes if I'm wearing shorts and I open my legs, it wafts up. Yesterday you were sitting next to me on the sofa. You were only here for like 10 minutes. I didn't smell you. I was realizing my vagina was pointed towards you and I was like, I gotta move it away so she doesn't smell that scent. Nothing exceptional happened all weekend and that's what I needed. Last week was Sebastian starting a new school. There are a lot of nerves for both of us. Even when you're not actually nervous as a parent, the energy you feel from your kid. But also you have to get a new school schedule and pack lunches again and all the back and forth. It's a lot. So I've been doing a bunch of self-tapes with Sebastian and he was liking them. Commercials are not covered under the SAG business. And we had this chocolate commercial together and then for the callback he just wasn't into it and he's just not seeming into it. I had another self-tape come in. He was supposed to do it and I said, do you just not want to do this? He was like, no mama, I don't. I said, fine baby, no problem, good enough. I got this from New York Magazine's The Cut. Someone writes a question like, hey, I work at a company and my boss just had a baby. And since she's had a baby, she's been more okay with other workers saying, hey, I can't take those meetings after work with the client because I got to get home to my kid. And what's ending up happening is the childless workers are having to go to those meetings. Is that fair? This was the question. The only reason why this all of a sudden became a problem for this person is because now the boss was okaying it more because the boss was stepping into the shoes of the people that had kids. The last minute stuff that parents can't get childcare for where they're like, oh, this client's in town. You got to take them to lunch or we need someone to stay late and edit this. Once the manager or the high ups had a child, this became an issue. It was never an issue before. They now understand and make the allowances. The article said, like you, most of these people are unsure about how to speak up because they feel weird about suggesting that their single people shit like a kickball game should trump a co workers' childcare responsibilities. And yes, in a vacuum, if an emergency situation comes up that requires coverage, it makes sense to consider the relative needs and constraints of everyone involved. And that kickball game might have to get sacrificed. But when it becomes a pattern and employees without kids are consistently expected to do more than their colleagues who are parents, then that becomes not okay. A single kickball game, sure. But getting the same amount of time off of work as your co-workers and having your own life circumstances is definitely something that needs to be given respect. They said, moreover, if employees with kids have the ability to opt out of a difficult scheduling commitment, then that option should be available child-free or, you know, breeders. People with all kinds of circumstances need flexibility to take a class, to take care of aging relatives, take care of a dog, whatever it is. I want to hear your opinion, and then I have specific questions. I think to really express it, I got to go down a little bit of a wormhole. Okay. I know millennials have a really bad rep for being a group of people who didn't really want to work. That's what all of our parents always said, like, you millennials, you don't want to have to work. And it's like, no, motherfuckers, we just got out of college and there's no jobs and there's a recession. Thanks a lot. We work very hard. Obviously, COVID has changed work 
in a multitude of ways. For everyone, For really. everyone. And I think the changes that have come from that are truly a blessing considering what it came out of. Matt was going into an office all the time. I've said this a zillion times. He was working at Vice. It was all the way in Williamsburg. And it would take him three to four hours of commuting a day. And we had a newborn. He wasn't there for Sebastian when he was a baby because he just couldn't be. He had a job. That's how he provided for us. I think Gen Z, what has happened also because of COVID is the facade is gone. So many of us would work in corporate environments and hustle, hustle, hustle and work our asses off to move up and get raises. And because we now see that capitalism fucking sucks and the rich are just going to stay rich while the rest of us are constantly struggling, while Oprah and The Rock are asking us for donations for the people of Maui when they could just solve the whole thing themselves. Oh my God. Oprah, don't ask for money. It's a really big weighted thing. And because of that, I think Gen Z doesn't really see the value in putting more effort into work than is just passable. And I can understand why. I think it comes down to paying your dues. Right. And that is a big part of every profession. And no one will ever, ever, ever tell me otherwise. Whether you're an actor, whether you're a dentist, whether you're a salesperson working in tech sales, whatever it is, if you want to move up, you have to pay your dues. If you're fine just being the status quo, staying at your level, that's fine. But also don't fucking complain about it. And yes, 22-year-old me would absolutely be fucking complaining about having to pick up someone else's slack because their kid has a play and they need to go somewhere. However, I also did it all the time. Me too. And I kept it to myself or would talk about it with my friends, but I did not bring it to my boss. I did not bring it to other people. And in fact, it was a great opportunity for me to network, for me to meet people, for people to say, hey, that Ashley, she's really great. We should think about XYZ for her. So It just feels a bit whiny to me. It's also valid. Same thing. I find it valid, but I also think that you have to make a decision. If you're putting in extra effort, you aren't necessarily going to be paid for it, but it might pay off in something else in long term. And that's whether you have a kid or not. There are times where something's happening in my life and you pick up the slack or there's something happening in your life. That's just being a good coworker. And you should be doing that anyway. You shouldn't be the person always saying, I can't do that without addressing it. Don't be that dick either. And you also shouldn't be the person all the time who's sucking it up and doing all the work too. We see that also. Unless you want to do that. Otherwise, advocate for yourself. Say something. Don't do it and then say, I hate doing it. Within reason, I think is the thing. You have to be able to take a step outside of yourself, look at the situation and realize, am I just being whiny because it's something I don't want to handle? Or is this actually becoming an abuse of my time and of my availability? Tuesday, I had my first in-person class and there's four other people in my class. They just graduated from college and now they're doing the condensed one-year master's so they can get an undergrad and a master's degree in five years. Right. So we were talking about scheduling and the teacher, who's I think younger than me, but the professor, the doctor, he was like, hey, I think we should move this class to Mondays. That way Carrie doesn't have to drive all this time and then have to go teach. And the young kids were like, well, I have Dungeons and Dragons meetings on Monday. See, like, get some fucking perspective. And the other kid was like, I think I'm going to have rehearsal that day. Right, rehearsal, valid 
reason. My first was like, fuck you to everybody. Of course. But then I remembered reading this article and so I reacted differently. This is why we address these things on the show so that you can think about it before you react, right? When I first hear something at first, sometimes I'm like, and then I give myself time and maybe I change. I would have been a dick in the room if I had not read this article before. So I said, okay, fair. It would be more convenient, but I totally get that. I said, however, can we readdress this conversation in the next semester after the holidays? Because I will have to teach five days a week at the high school in Montclair and still drive. That's going to be really hard for me to do on a Tuesday. You guys are all placed and live and go to class within five minutes. So let's readdress. I'll give you this one. And can you please just have in your mind that you might have to give a little bit next semester? And they were like, yes. What a lovely teacher that they even presented that. I don't know if as a teacher, if I would have changed something for one student, even if there are just a few students. And the other thing is, this is the thing I think that is important both to my particular story and this article. I went into the situation knowing I'm going to have to make hardships and sacrifices. When I did grad school, I knew regardless of me having a child or not, I was going to do the same workload and that it was going to be doubly hard on me, but that was on me. Right. That's also why you did the condensed thing was so that you could get it over with quicker and all of that. But you knew all that. Right. And so I think that if you're a breeder in a work situation. I don't think we can call ourselves breeder. We had one kid. We're not the fucking Duggars. Okay. I think if you're a person who has a kid. There you go. You do have to come into a circumstance knowing that there are going to be certain things that are going to suck and you're just going to have to suck it up. And this goes for the people without children on the other end of it too. And it is going to be harder on you and it is going to be a pain in the butt and something is going to be sacrificed. That's the way it is. It's just life. Right. And so I'm like, yeah, I signed up for this suck. So I can't really ask them to change the class or even be mad. I didn't ask them, but I can't be mad that they didn't because this is what I literally signed up for. In reading this article, it was interesting for me to come to have this circumstance in my life where kind of the same thing happened. You know what? I didn't say to those kids, put in your mind what it's like to have a kid because you know what? Don't put in your mind what it's like to have a kid. Enjoy being childless. I'm not going to put that on you. Let you just live your childless life and have a great time. I did. So when I was childless and I worked at Mar. Martha, one of my bosses would come in one day a week and mysteriously disappear for the whole week. And she would have me cover for her. I was her assistant, right? So I had to cover certain things. So I was the face of our department. And I came to learn that she was living in Ohio. So she would come to work one day a week, live in Ohio. One of her paychecks, because I could see them because they came hard copy, one of her paychecks was six times one of mine. And I kept this to myself. Was I resentful and pissed? Absolutely. Absolutely, especially when you have Martha herself coming up to you, asking questions about the booking decisions, angry, and you're like, I don't know. I'm not the booker. I never once sold her out. However, one time, some of the line producers called me into the office and they said, we don't know where your boss is. We have this theme for a show. Can you make us a list of 10 celebrities who would work for the show. And I remember this was before the Kardashians were huge because it was like the sister show or something. And I was like, the Kardashians and this and that and the other. And they loved my ideas. This was my fourth or fifth season at the show. And I was so eager to move up. That was the other thing. I was silently trying to figure out how do I get this bitch's job? Right. I'm qualified. I've been doing this and I'm here. I'm literally a live body in the room. I said, oh, great. So you like this idea? Should I go ahead and book it? And they said, no, no, no. We're going to talk to the boss. I'm not putting her name 
They call my boss and she immediately says, okay, great, I'm going to book it. And that's where I was pissed. That's where I was like, okay, so now we're taking my ideas, not giving me any credit after I'm covering your ass constantly. And that's where I was just like, I'm done with this. How I got out of there was a whole other story, but I sucked it up. I sucked it up because I knew I had to pay my dues. I knew I had to deal with XYZ. It just, it is what it is. And I did end up getting a promotion at another place. I think 20-year-olds, as a former 20-year-old, think that they have everything figured out in their heads and it's so unjust and all of this other stuff. And sometimes it is valid and true, but sometimes it isn't. There is wisdom from having lived on the earth and done the job longer. Absolutely. Listen, in this specific case, two people in the same job, having had the same exact work experience, bringing the same thing to the table. No, that's probably not fair if one has a child because we don't know the ages of these people or what their roles are in the company. Right. We don't know that. But there is something to be said for someone that brings with them their connections, their body of work, their wisdom of having put out fires and whatever. And I think for that, you can give a little slack in some of those areas because the person who doesn't have that should put in a little extra time to get that. I'm not a regular mom. I'm a party mom. I took a Vogue.com article and a Glamour.com article, and it's about how Joe Jonas and Sophie Turner are getting a divorce. Joe Jonas served Sophie divorce papers after evidently some ring camera something that we don't know about. That was the last detail to come out. There were a zillion details that came out before this supposed ring camera nonsense. So, Sophie Turner is shooting a movie out of town. Joe Jonas is on tour with his brothers. The kids are currently touring with the Jonas family while Sophie is away shooting at a job. But the PR team behind Joe Jonas is saying that Sophie doesn't want to take care of her kids. She's out doing shots all the time. She wants to party and then spinning it with all of these pictures of her holding up shot glasses. And interestingly, as this article points out, in various interviews, Sophie Turner has said that she's actually the homebody Two years ago during COVID, she was doing an interview. She did multiple, but one specifically was, I think, with Conan. And she flat out says, I am a homebody. I thrive in this situation. And I struggle, she used the word struggle, to keep Joe at home. So long established, she's not the problem. Right. So Joe is much older than Sophie. It's really not much. It is an age gap, but it's not terrible. It's like eight or something thing like that or seven. But when they got together, she was in her very early 20s, having just become famous. I think she was even like 19 or something. Yeah. And Joe allegedly had been cheating and breaking up with Sophie back and forth up until their very wedding day. Huh. I believe that. This quote from Vogue. Everybody knows he's a messy queen. I had no idea Joe Jonas was a messy queen. I took that direct quote. He's a messy queen. Okay. (laughs) Thank you for telling me. I love that. So these allegations against Turner are so super cut and dry examples of mom shaming, which everyone who listens to Momtourage, that's part of the reason why we started Momtourage is because of all the mom shaming. It's also made me think about why is it that our society has taught us to expect the world from mothers and very little from fathers? 
years. Time and time again, we see the father bring the kid to school and somebody's like, look at you, bring in your kid to school. You're such a good oh, dad. What a nice dad. He takes him to school. The two times Lee took Luna to ballet, they're like, oh, you're bringing your daughter ballet. You're such a good dad. Well, what about all the 700 other times? Matt takes Sebastian to school pretty much every day and he picks him up from school at least two days a week. But you guys are the exception. I'm just saying like but in general. No, no. I do all this other shit and it's not about who does what, but I would be offended if someone was like, oh, Matt, you're such a hands-on dad. Duh, you should be. Why wouldn't he be? Right. He chose this for himself. It was his jizz that impregnated me. Takes two to tango. Right. The shaming of Sophie Turner for enjoying her life. This was so important to me because this is the momtrage ethos. You are somebody when you're not with your kid and you are somebody with a kid. God forbid you turn it out. It's not like you're going shooting up heroin when you're not with your kid. But if you want to go have some drinks and pretend you don't have a kid, as long as you're not putting yourself in danger or putting your child in danger, what does it matter? The girl is 26 years old. At 26, there were times I don't even know how I got home. I'm surprised I'm not dead. Agreed. We didn't have Ubers back in the day. We had to take a jitney to 32nd Street and walk. And just be like, I can walk even when it's cold because you're hot because you're drunk and sweaty. I'm just going to walk three miles home. In six inch heels. Lee and I will go away and leave Luna with my mom. And people are like, don't you miss her? And I'm like, no. No, I don't. I don't. Because it's only two days and I'm really excited. Two days is not enough time for me to be pining over my child that I spend every day with. So the shaming of Sophie Turner for enjoying her life while not in the immediate presence of her children has reached a new pitch with page six seeming to scold her for downing shots at a bar shortly before Jonas allegedly filed for divorce. Leaving aside the fact that we don't know the intimate details of what Turner is like as a mother. The fact that she is doing shots just automatically renders her a bad mother. Page six would have a field day with our family shots in this house. They're treating her like Joan Crawford and Mommy Dearest. This author says that they're discomforted by the idea that simply stepping out in public and drinking with a friend is enough to clinch a woman's reputation as somehow less than in the mother department. And the word for that is misogyny. And the patriarchy. How about the Mad Men era where fucking guys would go to work, be with their receptionists all day long, drink in their office, and then go out and not come home till the wee hours? How many, tale as old as time, men that go out and golf for one whole Saturday and they are not the ones that were home with the kid all week either? And yet that's okay. They can just go. And I also want to bring up one other point. Sophie has been incredibly protective of her children being photographed by paparazzi. In fact, I think the oldest child was photographed one time and she unleashed hell on them and was like, how dare you? My children didn't choose this life. I didn't give consent. They didn't give consent. All very valid. Which so far sounds like great mom. Absolutely. And then to prove a point, what does Joe Jonas do? He calls Backrid. For those who don't know, Backrid is a network of paparazzi. But usually when Backrid takes the photographs, they are notorious for being called by celebrities to be photographed. Taylor Swift and Backgrid are close friends. Right. And the Kardashians and Kris Jenner apparently owns part of TMZ. There's a whole underworld of all of this. Joe Jonas, what does he do? He takes a nanny, which here's the other thing. How often do you see a mom and a nanny? A mom usually handles her two kids on her own. Also, that nanny was extra attractive. And young. Him and the young hot nanny take the two kids and they're being photographed. So all of 
a sudden, the mother's wishes and wants for the child mean squat? This is so repulsive. I was never a Jonas Brothers guy. I don't like Nick for his queer baiting, and I do not believe for a second he and Priyanka Chopra are married in any real way whatsoever. No, because she's a fame whore. It works for both of them, you know? Kevin's the only one who seems like a nice guy. He's been married to the same girl forever. Yeah, but one of the quotes from this that is truly a momtrage ethos is like, maybe we'd all be better off if we accepted that having kids doesn't have to permeate every single aspect of your time and an identity and just let mothers have some goddamn fun. If a mom or a dad wants to go out and get shit-faced with their friends and they come home safe, they're not abusive in any way, they're just going to sleep and they wake up the next day and do all their parenting things, it should not be an issue. And guys, nowhere in TMZ in that report did it say that she has been in the UK filming the series Joan. Who knows what their current childcare arrangement is? We don't know. But since mothers are always expected on taking at least half, but let's be real, most of the task of raising their children, despite their personal or work commitments. So she's not with her kids at this exact moment, then I guess she's a bad mom. So through all of this, and I think this is the true tell, Sophie Turner has taken the high road. She really has. Hasn't said a thing. She hasn't leaked anything to the press through sources. Her perspective on the divorce has not been heard at all. She made one brief statement to the media posting on Wednesday morning. She is, in my opinion, doing what is best for the kids, which is not dragging anything through the mud. It's working in her favor. And her quote was, after four wonderful years of marriage, we have mutually decided to amicably end our marriage. That was their joint statement, correct? Yeah. The measure of a person is what they do and not what they say. But in this case, for celebrities, it's often what you're not saying. It's just been really distasteful. And I didn't like the Jonas Brothers. I saw a meme that said, soon all the brothers will break up and they can finally date each other, which made me laugh really hard. And he is a diva queen. He sucks. Just his outfits alone in that relationship. And they're all short. No offense to short people, but I'm not into a short man. Get out of here. Which one's diabetic? I think Nick. Which one's pepperoni nipples? Nick. God, Nick's got it all. Nick's got it all, including Priyanka Chopra. I also just totally off topic want to mention that one of my other stands, aside from Drew Barrymore, has disappointed me as well. Today's a double disappointment for Carrie Stans. Al Pacino and his girlfriend, the girlfriend just asked for sole custody of their child, but they're still together. Probably because he's going to die any day. I know, but it seems like a weird move. I saw that man on the street six or seven years ago. And I was like, this motherfucker's gonna die tomorrow. The thing is, I don't understand because if he died, she would get sole custody anyway. Maybe she wouldn't. Maybe there's something in his will. Who knows? Hashtag swag bag. The Caviar Sticks by Laura Mercier. I've had other stick eyeshadows. This is next level, truly. Because I have a couple of the other ones. I have Thrive Beauties one. I have the Bobbi Brown. I have Elf. This is very different. It's a mixture of a really beautiful pigment that truly blends and is layerable. The Bobbi Brown ones work more like as a primer. They don't blend as well. The Elf ones are layerable. And the Thrive ones, they go on fine, but they don't last very long. They dissolve into your skin. Or they crease really bad. Right. This is chef's kiss. I got two colors. I got khaki and this other one that's like a rose goldy one. I did my night eye for the cocktail party with more layers and keeping it more smoky. And then you can take it and use it as a liner. And they have like a pearl quality, not a glitter. 
which is very good on older skin because you can't do the glitter anymore. You're not supposed to do glitter for older skin because it gets stuck in your lines. Right. So I went to try it before because I was like, everyone keeps talking about it. I'm trying to get rid of having so much makeup and having just more quality stuff. I agree. Skincare, I'm still a whore for. Well, there's skin cycling and stuff, but with makeup, I'm trying to streamline a little. It's like, how much makeup do I need to have? Okay, so this is mine. The Kosas Chemistry Alpha Hydroxy Acid Serum Deodorant. I love this deodorant. I have been using the non-scented one. I wanted a scented one. I like perfumey scents as much as I can get, but the Yucca app, just the non-scented was the one that was excellent or whatever. Basically, if you've been on TikTok and you've seen creators telling you to use a glycolic acid on your armpit. That was one of my swag bags was the glycolic one. Right. Or the AHA and stuff. So I bought that and, you know, your armpits are a very sensitive part of your body. There's a lot of lymph nodes. It connects to your breasts. You can get breast cancer easily, which is why you don't want aluminum. So I was like, let me read about this on the internet. And I started to do some reading and basically dermatologists were saying off of what I read, not from a dermatologist's mouth to my ear, that yes, the reason that a glycolic acid or an AHA works in your armpit is because it kills the bacteria that causes odor. However, that's probably just too strong and can cause irritation. And I myself get irritated in my armpits from deodorants all the time. They suggested a few different products, including the Lumi Stick, which I have. It doesn't work as great. And not good on the Yucca app. But the Kosas, I have been using it for weeks. I've used it in the dead of the summer. It is so good. You shake it up. It looks like makeup. It has a rollerball in it. You squeeze very little. You'll get the hang of it after the first couple of times. No scent. If you took a shower last night and then you're getting ready for work in the morning, it's not going to work. You need to do it when you get out of the shower because it needs to kill the bacteria right away and it will last. You will be wet under your armpits. It's not going to do anything for actual sweating, but for scent, $16. It is a bit much for a deodorant, but I'm not going to use anything else. It's fantastic. Wow, love that. I think they do sell it on Amazon so we can link to that. There you have it, folks. Great show, guys. We love you. See you later. Bye. Bye. Okay, that's our show today, folks. Thank you so much for giving us a listen. Please do not forget to rate, review, and subscribe or follow. We are out here on our own, and these things really, really matter. We want to hear from you. Tell us what you want to hear. Email us at hello at momtouragepodcast.com. Follow us on Instagram, Facebook, and TikTok, all at Podcast to hang out with us all week long. We are here for you. You are not alone. We got you. So go ahead, girl. Know this posse is behind you and go slay. Momtourage is a Cafe Mom podcast written and produced by Ashley Herring-Smith and Carrie Sotero. Recorded and mixed by Lee Mars. Our theme song, MILF, is by the band Mama Drama. You can find them on Instagram at mamadramaband or mamadramaband.com. Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the roaring 20s. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. 
Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games.